Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Network Hour podcast. I am your professional development and career coach and networking guru, Molly Kreese. And I'm here today with another special guest for you. We will be talking all about leadership today. I know a lot of us are leaders and, and we look for advice and stuff on how we can better lead. And so I have an expert with me today to help us to talk about those very leadership skills. So I'm so excited to have today with me, Tanisha Frazier. Hi, Tanisha. How are you today? Hi, Molly. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad that you're here. And thank you so much for coming to do this podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. So I am going to lead, I'm going to read a little bit of your bio. Um, it's a very long bio, guys, but I'm just going to read a little bit. And then I'm going to turn it over to Tanisha so she can tell us a bit more about herself and probably stuff that's not actually in the bio. So Tanisha Frazier is an experienced admis- administrative professional with a demonstrated history of working in the allied healthcare industry. She has over 15 years of experience as an atomic dispenser, which is a licensed optician and certified contact lens technician and office administrator. Ms. Frazier earned her associate in applied science in applied science degree for, for that same word that I can't pronounce properly. <laughs> and a bachelor's of science degree in health services administration from the New York City College of Technology in 2007 and 2013, respectively. She attended the King Graduate School of Business at Monroe College. Yeah, go Monroe completing the program and earning her Master of Business Administration in Business Management degree in August of 2017. She's also an active member of Toastmasters and there is a lot more stuff that she does. I'm also, she's also a servant leader and her ambitions for personal growth, the development of others and leaving a legacy knows no bounds. Her current endeavors consist of professional, personal, and service-based projects that she believes will impact the lives of others. There you have it, our special guest, Miss Tanisha Frazier. <laughs> so Tanisha, tell us a little bit more about your background. Where are you originally from? And, and tell us a little bit about your journey. Well... I'm born and raised here in Brooklyn, New York. And um, I am from East New York, actually. My childhood was actually not exactly conventional, but I won't say it wasn't exactly unconventional. So that's gonna be a topic for another day. There was just certain experiences that molded me to the person who sits before you today. Um, Because once I've decided to focus on my personal growth and achieving more, you know, I started to change my mindset and my trajectory in life has also changed and kind of moved up. I have been through many ups and downs. I mean, sure, many of us have. And from those ups and downs, I learned that um, I can't let the weight of that deter me from where I'm supposed to go in life, what my purpose, true purpose is, which is personal development, bettering myself and helping others as well. 
So I took advantage of certain resources that were made available to me. I know there's a lot of resources out there and you know, you have to use them to really see, okay, how could this help me get here? How could I share this for this person, help them achieve their goals? So there's so many resources. There's always information out there for us to use and grow from and use to grow. And um, one of the other things, I pursued higher education. As you mentioned, I have uh, multiple degrees, but I really saw the value in networking and connecting with like-minded individuals like you, Molly Kreese, and a few other powerful leaders in various industries. And when you learn from people, when you connect with people who you can learn from and you can admire and emulate, you can grow, you can do more. And from that, I just try to find the best ways to add value and to offer something that can contribute to a greater plan and just so that we can achieve more together. So it's all about, my background was, is every step, every opportunity missed, every opportunity grabbed brought me to where I'm at today. I understand I made some mistakes. I understand I made some great choices and everything I decided to do, whichever path I was on, it's a learning experience. So it's about continual learning, yes, for me. Great. And you don't, you don't learn if you don't make mistakes. So I would say to anyone out there that's listening, don't be afraid of the mistakes. Make as much as you can, because from mistakes, you, you definitely grow. So today our topic is talking about lead or get out of the way. Why, why this topic? It's, it's, it sounds so, um, it sounds so brutal. It's like you're saying, get out of the way. So, so, so why, why this topic? Why lead or get out of the way? Well, you have to, we have to consider that when we're in, let's say, a group or working in a project or trying to achieve some type of organizational vision that someone has to lead, someone has to follow. And many times you have a lot of followers who also want to be the leader and how many leaders who may want to step back and let others who they are supposed to lead, the followers step up and take charge. And, and a lot of times there's a, a, it could be chaos, it could be, it could throw the vision off course. And for those specifically who are followers, uh, those specifically who are leaders, if you're in a position to lead, you have to say, hey, why am I in this role? What am I trying to accomplish being in this role? I have a team, we have a goal, either I'm gonna make sure that we do everything in our means possible to achieve that goal, or if I feel that is really not working for me or I'm not really accomplishing something, step back and let someone else take charge. And once you do step back, you can't go back and say, hey, you know, I wanna take the lead again. No, you already had your opportunity. Let that person do what they have to do. And the reason why it's so important is because a lot of times you find in groups where things, activities or, pro, or pro, processes, anything that has to be done, the work that has to be done is stunted. It's because it is so, it's too many cooks in the kitchen. It's all about having too many cooks in the kitchen. You can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. Someone is a chef. They say, this is what our menu is. Someone say, hey, I'm the sous chef. They do whatever their job is. And the workers put the meal together. 
everyone has a role. You have to follow the role. And if you're a leader, you know what your role is, what your team role is, you hold them accountable, they hold you accountable. If you can't do that, step down and let someone else who is willing and capable of doing so take charge. You either lead or just take your behind out of the way. <laughs> you you heard it. She said it. Lead or get out. Get out. Get out of the way. So uh, my let's let's dive into this because we're talking about leadership. My father is a, a minister, and one thing he usually tells us about leadership, and I know it, it's more than this, but it's something that he drove home to all his children and all his kids, and he always says to us. A leader, should, a leader should be firm, friendly, and fair. So let's talk about that leader, who that leader is and, and what attributes um, signifies or shows someone up as a leader. Well, that, that question has two parts, right? Okay, let's go. I, I, wanna, <laughs> I wanna first tackle, um, first of all, your father's assessment of a leader should be firm, friendly, and fair. I do agree with it in some way, form or fashion. Um, there are leaders should have those qualities or directives to really be effective or confirm themselves in that role, I would say. Not, not say be effective, but confirm themselves in that role. Leaders should, leaders should definitely be friendly and fair. They should be friendly because you will want to be that kind, of, that kind and pleasant person when you're corresponding with your team. You know, because nobody wants to serve under a leader who is unkind and unpleasant to be around. Nobody, no matter how good they are at the actual work, the experience could be, it should be the best for all parties involved, right? Leaders should be fair because it, it shows that they adhere to certain team rules and standards of quality. Um, team co cohesiveness is greatly impacted by rules and standards of all the members involved and especially if they're expected to follow it. A leader who enforces these, but also ensures that at the very least, it, there's an equal treatment amongst all and across the board, people know, okay, this leader is consistent. They're fair. They're not gonna treat one person one way, treat another person another way, they won't be, any type of special treatment or you mess up and you get away with it. But if I mess up, I'm leveled down because I'm just not that cool with that leader. So leaders should be fair across the board. Even if you have friends, family on your team, be fair. Separate yourself from family and friends and say, we are in this for a specific task, a specific goal and just do the work, right? Leaders should be firm. Leaders should be firm because, well, actually I wanna say this is not exactly so. Um, and this is where it gets a little different way I say, I kind of agree with your father, but then I kind of step back because it really depends on the situation, right? Because it is both yes or no. So leaders should have a sense of determination or resilience, so they should say, I'm determined to get something done, so I'm firm in that way. But they should also have feelings that are strong enough to cause them to take action, necessary action. 
You, you cannot be firm in a decision to act in one way when another decision is best, right? And unfortunately, leaders who are firm are unlikely to change. You know, change is unavoidable. Change happens all over the world. We all have to be willing to say, this is gonna change, how will I respond to it? And a leader should be able to say, you know what, I can be flexible. Why? Because I will grow from this, right? And when change presents unexpected obstacles, leaders make those necessary adjustments to achieve the desired goal of the team. We made this change, we accomplished this, and it turned out to be better. That's a win, not a loss. A lot of people who may be in a leadership position feel that if they have to change their rules or change their decisions, by doing that, they kind of fail in some way. No, that's a success because there's some growth from that. There's a learning curve there. And when you experience change and you adapt from that, you become a better leader. And then from that, you become effective leader. So this brings us to part two, right? Effective leaders, there are many other, uh, there's several different effective leadership styles. But we'll, I guess we'll talk about that later, but to be effective, leaders must have a clear, I'm trying to get to it, think about it. Mm. <laughs> they have to be able to communicate. They have to be open-minded. They have to be willing to support their team. They have to be willing to be optimistic, definitely lead by example, right? So let me just break this down a little bit. Effective communication, what is that? Effective communication of your goals, your plans, how you plan to commit to other people and communicate with them. Make sure that it's done in a direct, concise, and thoughtful manner. You wanna be thoughtful about how you go about doing things. Leading by example, you express more than your words, your actions, and it's not, it's a little bit more than just telling others to do. If I am, doing my work in this type of way, but I tell my team member to do X, Y, and Z, and it's different for me, and if they see that I'm doing it, they might say, hey, I don't have to do that. I'm gonna follow what she's doing. Now, if it's wrong, I just basically screwed up the whole <laughs> consistency there because everyone thinks, hey, we gotta follow the leader, right? So whatever she does, whether it's wrong or right, we're gonna do. You have to lead from example in a way that is actually you know, meshed with the vision, meshed with the goals that you established. Optimism, optim optimistic, be optimism. Focus on the beneficial side of things. You don't wanna be negative. You want to focus on things that work and that obstacles, obstacles, see that's the word, right? Obstacles are means of things being in our way, but us having to navigate them and find a better choice, find a better way to get things done. And of course, as I mentioned before, integrity, just be honest, show ethics, and give others the credit when credit is due. So that's the effective part of the leader. So being friendly, firm, and what was the other one? Friendly, firm, and Friendly, firm, and fair. Friendly, firm, and fair. 
And then also having the qualities of effective communication, lead by example, optimism, and open-mindedness. So those will make an effective leader the most effective amongst their, their peers. Yeah, but how do you command respect? Isn't that where the firm comes in that you, you, you make a decision and you stand by the decision? Because as a leader, you also have to be careful that the people that are under you don't feel like they have a right to walk all over you or want to um, undermine your, your, your leadership or your decision-making. And you would come across those people as a leader. I've come across a lot of those people who you're the leader, but they think that they know more than you and they know better than you. Yes, as a leader, you have to, um, there's gonna be people around you who you take ideas from and feedback from, but at the end of the day, the final decision rests with you because you're the leader. So how do you combat um, disrespect and, and people trying to undermine your leadership? Isn't that being, isn't that being firm? No, that's definitely the affirmative in some aspects. That's that's. I'm not saying that a leader a leader cannot be firm. I'm saying that this is a, a way. There's ways that you will have to establish that firmness. And one of the things, if you have someone who is combative, then they want to be the leader, even though you're the leader, and they want to undermine your authority. One thing that you don't want to do as a leader is embarrass that person in front of an open forum. You know, you definitely want to take that person aside, say, what's going on between us? So suppose they embarrass you. <laughs> suppose they decide to call you out in front of everybody. How, you, how do you deal with that? <laughs> okay, so that's where we have to control our emotions because our first emotions will say, hey, um, how dare you in, in go in on them, but Sometimes you want to. <laughs> Sometimes you want to, and you don't catch yourself, and you do, and some harsh words are said, and it really gets kind of nasty after a while, and people will look at you like, well, you know what? You're the leader, so we expect better. So that's the, that's the difference. So okay. as a leader, you, uh, you have to, it's going to be hard to gather your emotions, catch it before you respond, but if you are able to, and able to do this effectively, and with with style and, and, and swag, I should, I should say, um, you definitely want to respond in a way that shows it's not, their, their comments are not appreciated and that reaffirm, okay, this is the roles that we have and this is what we have to do. Always put it back on the mission involved. Don't break up anything personal. Uh, well, you said this to me last time and you know, this is how I, you don't want to, you want to take away from personal and just make it about the job. But you can disagree with me, sir or madam, but this is what we're supposed to do. And this is how we agreed to do it. I understand that you may not agree and it may not be for you. Understand, I give you the same respect and you give me the same respect. We have the same courtesy between us. If you, this is something that you're totally against, this may not be what you want to do it will be a loss but I will understand if you want to leave the team so we can't we can't say like Birdman said put some respect on my name 
We can't, we can't, we can't tell them that. <laughs> just say that, just, just make sure it's clear. This is about the work. If you say it in a nice way, in a very nice picket, uh, t- picket fence, flower a place way, that doesn't sound rude or nasty, because remember, you're leading by example, and just say, this is what we have to do. If you don't want to do it, I understand. I appreciate your feedback, but it's either this or if you don't want to stay with us, I understand it will be a loss, but I will understand if you want to leave. And then more than likely they'll say, wait a minute, maybe I should fall in line or you get someone who is just really combative and come back. And in that way, in that case, if you're at a meeting, then you basically have to adjourn that meeting and then table it for another day because the worst thing you want to do is have a back and forth in a meeting when work is supposed to be done. So, and if you have, if you're a leader and you have somebody above you, then you go to your superior and say, well, this person needs to be replaced and they call it a day. (laughs) Okay. But but never, but never go back and forth with someone who is, if you're in a leader position, never go back with someone try to have this tip for tat it doesn't it doesn't look right it doesn't look good for you on the on the up end because then when someone else later down the line and you get on another team if you have other team members that was on your first team they will remember that and say well this is what happened now you got gossip before you actually get the work done it's it gets messy it gets messy you always want someone to think highly of you and say that you responded in the the most utmost effective and respectful manner so they can never say that you were ever below anything that you were you know just mm-hmm. definitely want to so I you have to hold your emotions you know you have to say oh I'm not going to slap this person you know <laughs> so tell me should 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 someone should someone really learn to follow before they leave because there are a lot of people who they want to be leaders, but they haven't learned uh, the process, I should say, or they haven't uh, gone through anything. Can, can someone just be a leader off the bat like that? Or are, are there stages that you have to go through? There are stages. I'm, I'm gonna coin the stages. I'm gonna work on coining the stages, but I'm just gonna do it on a, a a rough summary of things. There are stages. When you join the team and you are, first you understand what, as I mentioned before, is very important, the goals, visions, we could talk about this till it's blue in the face, but these things are very important. You understand what the team needs to do and who you'll be working with, understand where your authority is, learn how to follow that authority before you can become the authority. So yes. So there are stages and it's very important to follow before you leave, before you, before we are start, it's like, before we start to run, we have to learn how to walk. We have to learn from our leaders, how we can grow, how we can respond to certain situations effectively, what worked for them, what work didn't work for them. How can we fix those things? How can we make it better? Those things you learn by sitting on the background, because a lot of times, um, many of us, many people, 
I want to say me, but I like to observe, you know. But some will like to go out there first and just do everything. But I like to sit back and observe. I think it's best to sit back and observe, see how everything goes, see how the team communicates, see how the leaders communicate, see how the leaders communicate with the rest of the team and just observe, take it in before you make your first move, right? Because it's a skill that you have to develop and it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it, it happens with time. And then you also have to see different perspectives. Uh, you have to be able to understand what moderates the team, what deteriorates the team, what builds, what breaks it down. You'll be able to learn what works, what does not work. I mentioned that before, but as a follower, followers before they lead must understand team members who are following a leader must understand that you are a sponge for information because that's exactly what you're here to do. Take up the information and apply that knowledge to whatever needs to be done. So you're a sponge working and serving under someone who is ready to guide you where you need to go. And you have to be able to be a really good sponge, not a, a cheap old broken up sponge that has mold in it or, <laughs> or, or deteriorated sponge, just hard and brittle. You gotta be a good sponge and take that information so that you can do what you have to do. So yes, leaders must learn how to follow before they lead. They must understand why it's important to follow and Gotta let the cooks be in the kitchen and you gotta support them. So that's really where it comes to. Yeah. And I I I, I agree with you. It's definitely important to, to follow. I remember um, from joining the, the National Black MBA from college and then joining the, the mentorship program. I was in that program, I would say, for probably about more than five years before. I was actually recognized by the former leader to, to become the leader now of the program. And in some respects, if you're looking to be a leader of an organization or of a group or of something like that, um, some of that comes with, it comes with experience. It comes with you um, following. It comes with you listening uh, and observing. And it also comes with you uh, developing those problem-solving problem skills because leadership is hard. Leadership is no joke. I was just tell you a quick story. I remember one time I was, um, I was to talk to one of my, one of my mentors and it was a very, it was a very delicate topic. And I tried putting it off and I couldn't, I, and, and remember leaders too also have to, you have to gain feedback and also you have to have people that are over you that you can go to as well for support because you're not on your own. Um, even though you're a leader, you still need leadership support from other people to, to help you with those leadership skills as well. And I remember talking talking over the decision with one of my mentors and stuff. And he was like, you have to go about it this way. And, and long story short, I went in, talked to that person and I was able to kind of really talk about the good things that the person did within the organization and how that person was valued. But at this point, it seems as if 
uh, you're going through something and maybe you need to take a step back. And when you think that you're in that better place or in that better position, give me a call or come and talk to me again. And then we would talk about you resuming your, your responsibilities. So, so those are things that, and those are everyday things, whether you're a leader in a student organization or you're a leader in your business or you're a leader in your home, or in an organization, these, these are stuff that creep up all the time and, and, and that you have to do. So, so what, do you, what, do you think about, what do you think about those things? I think that it's all, it comes down to understanding where you are in that leadership role, right? As you mentioned before, if there's a situation where you have to get a certain feedback from a superior and they say, okay, you know what, step, take a step, take, sorry, take a step back and when you're ready to leave, you step back in a role. It, it, you really have to understand certain things as far as, well, how is this experience going? How am I gonna learn from this experience? How am I gonna grow from this experience? What can I really offer from this experience? Um, the, the decisions I make, are they effective? Are the decisions I make ineffective? I take the feedback, I apply it. It's, it's all about having an open mind, as we mentioned before, but also knowing that you gotta have confidence in your role, right? Uh, a lot of people who, who go into leadership roles or even fear leadership is because they actually don't have the confidence mindset from themselves to do a really good job. They think um, I'm in this role. If someone has to tell me that uh, I'm doing something wrong or I have to do something in a different way, I messed up, it's horrible. No, it's not. It's Once they tell you what, the best way to go about something, are you gonna take that advice and run with it? Or are you gonna say, hey, thank you for the advice, but I'm gonna go on continue doing my own thing. It, it's It's really a matter of, changing your mindset from leadership is hard, it is difficult, it is a big responsibility, but I'm willing to accept that responsibility because I know I can be great at it. Like no one wants to be responsible for other people so they, they, they choose not to lead. But separate that from the role, from the responsibility in the sense that just, just look at the whole picture of things and you could probably get around some of those things. But one thing I, I would share is that as a leader, you're forging a path to achieve more and 100% you have to tell yourself at 100%, I'm gonna do this. Don't give 50, don't give 60, don't give 80. 100%, I'm gonna try to do the best I can, the best I can do it, to the best of my ability, to the best of my capabilities. And I, I really do need, really do see that it, leadership is nothing to be afraid of, right? It's really nothing to be, 
to, to, to push far away from you because at some point you're going to leave. If you are living, you're leading in your own life, right? So, because you make decisions for your life. You make decisions for those in your life. So you've been doing this. You're just doing it for other people or another organization, another role. So don't be afraid. Just be open and confident that regardless of the experience, you can come out on top. That's what I think. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but we talk, how should you accept, how can a leader accept feedback though? Because, uh, and I ask this question because we are human beings and, and a lot of us, we're emotional creatures. I remember one time getting a feedback from someone and I literally cried. I cried tears out of my eyes because, and you get so emotional because when you know you're putting 110% in something and then you get the kind of feedback that just blows your mind, you can't help but get emotional about it. So how, how, should, you, how should you deal with feedback and, and how do you differentiate what is, what is, is there such a thing as good feedback or bad feedback? Uh, there is not a difference between good feedback and bad feedback. There's a difference in the delivery. Okay, tell us, tell us more. That's, that's interesting. So effective feedback is, and this is one of the things we learned with Toastmasters International, is that you want to focus on qualities on, based on um, your observations. Right? You don't want to make it a I think, I feel, but an I observe. Like, this is what I saw, this is what I experienced in dealing with you, versus I think, I feel, because then it becomes personal. If someone is getting, feeling that uh, a personal reaction or a, a disconnect from the feedback that I'm saying that they think it's bad or good or extremely. Uh, 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 critic uh, is because they they feel that there's some personal situations going on in that feedback. Person may have used I think, I feel statements and not really give them a constructive feedback. So the breakdown of that is everyone, regardless of who they are, even the most successful people in life to the not so successful in life, everyone wants to and the, the, current, the, the term is coined, save face, right? They want to be able to, you give them feedback, but you don't want to do it in a way that it's embarrassing, it's going to undermine them and make them feel worse about themselves. You don't want to do it in front of a group of people. That's the environment. The delivery is do like a sandwich method, right? Where did you do well? What did I observe? What do you do well? Then where can you improve? If you say, you do this wrong, or you do that wrong, or you always messing up, and you always do it this way, and it's always wrong. That person shut you out before you even got the second sentence out, because all they heard was an attack. You didn't offer anything positive. They want to know what, I would want to know, what did I do right, and where I can improve. Not you just telling me, I'm wrong, 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 wrong. You know, and that's why, it's hard to, for many of us to take feedback because it's, it's really the person giving feedback 
because they don't either know how to do it effectively or they have other means, reasons behind why they did it the way they did it. And then the person receiving the feedback, understanding that, okay, what is actually being said to me? So if someone says, I observe, I'm like, okay, so you saw me doing X, Y, and Z. I think, oh, so, but if you only think that, where's the factual data there? Are you just saying that because you think as we, we have to be honest. We think a lot of things and believe a lot of things without getting all facts, right? And you can't do that when you're giving someone effective feedback or even constructive feedback. They're gonna want facts. So you have to be able to say what you observe, why you observed it, not that it's wrong, not that it's wrong, how they can improve. Not what you did wrong, never tell them what they did wrong, how they can improve, always improvement. Never wrong, right, just improvement. And that's how you get effective feedback. People who receive it, understand that, they will accept it better. And as I said before, don't do it in front of a group of people. <laughs> Have a one-on-one, -on -one, a two-on-one, -on -one, but don't be in a group of people and call someone out, you always do something wrong, don't do that. Take them back. You did this right, you did this good, but you could improve this way. See, I didn't say right and wrong. I said you did this right and you could improve this way. That's how you give effective feedback. And that's how people would accept feedback a lot better. Knowing that they can save face and not feel that their hard work has been undermined. You, you spend 20 hours working on a project and someone says only says you did something wrong, wrong, wrong you're gonna feel like crap, right? And you're gonna wonder, okay, so why am I doing this? And undervalued, depressed, depression mm -hmm. could come as a result. You don't want that. You don't want anyone you're working with in your team to feel that way. So effective feedback, good areas and improvement areas, nothing in between to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so why, why do you think people shy away from leadership? Because I, like I said before, my parents are pastors and I always say to them, don't look at me. I will not be taking over. I will not be leading church people because they are the most difficult people to deal with. Um, <laughs> and I'm not sure if I could have been the president either. That is one heck of a job. And much less, much less to being, um, uh, uh, I'm definitely could be a leader of an organization of a, of a company, but there are people who are just um, afraid of leadership and rightfully so. So what, what do you think are some of the reasons why people are afraid of, of becoming leaders and how can they, how can they overcome that fear? Well, I, I mentioned, I touched based on why I think people are often afraid of, of leadership and another question um, the, the, the earlier, but the, I think it really goes again back to responsibility um, and also understanding that if they're the first in line, it can be that go-to individual. They don't want that responsibility because it's a massive undertaking. We understand that, but we're going to all be afraid because we don't want to be that person that fingers can point to. And 
you're going to be a person that fingers can point to no matter what you do. People are always going to point fingers at you for everything. Even when you are not the leader and you are the follower, someone's still pointing a finger at you, right? So the way to kind of get away from that and just say, hey, I'll give this a shot and just understand that you have one life to live. You have an opportunity to live your life to the fullest, to the greatest, however you want to accomplish it. If it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger. All those sayings that they always say. But what I like to say is jump in the fire. Put yourself right in the fire. It's okay. Because if you get burnt, at least you're well done. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I like my meat well done anyway. <laughs> it's gotta be well done. <laughs> jump into the fire jump into the fire to take because it will let me for example it's a personal experience i had before um when i joined toastmasters i just wanted to be a regular club member and i didn't want to take on any leadership roles or any other roles but just sitting in the back and just doing my own thing and one of the the members who was the division director at the time asked me if i wanted to be an area director I didn't know what an era director was. I trusted her, yes. I respected her, yes. But because I was okay with taking certain risks before, even though I did not know what that risk particularly was or what it would entail, what that job would entail, she asked me if I would mind being an era director. And I said, sure. <laughs> so I went in no training, no initial training. And I just kind of learned across the way, uh, around the way, along the way, sorry. I learned along the way. And I think that's probably goes back to a lot of why people may be afraid of leadership now that I think about it. Maybe it's because the training aspect, being ready before you're actually ready, which is kind of like redundant in a sense because you're never ready before being ready, right? You know, it's, it's, Things are gonna happen before you know you expect them to happen. So you have to kind of adapt and fall right in and just kind of learn as you go. Most parents out there, they weren't ready to be parents, but then they became parents and they rock at it. So if you can be not ready to be a parent and then be a good parent, you cannot be ready to be a leader and be a good leader. Mm -hmm. If you just um, started a job and you got minimal training and you weren't ready for that next role or that next task, of course, they, they, they your, your bosses and superiors are going to tell you, oh, well, I want you to learn everything you can about this role before you actually do it. No, they're going to say, here's the job, do the job because that's what I'm paying you to do. You get it done. People all the time learn how to do that work and deliver for their boss. So you didn't know how to do that or what you was going to do before you was handed that job to do. So you learn how to do it along the way. Why be afraid, not be afraid of that, but then be afraid of not being ready to be a leader. I don't, I don't understand, you know? Right. <laughs> I'll just say this my own personal, you know, thought. It's a, it's, it's a lot of things that happen in life that comes to us left and right that we're never ready for. No one, you're in, in school, yes, you you did undergrad. You did, I mean, you did high school, you did junior high school before you went to college. 
But college life is a lot different from high school life. But you wasn't really, you were ready to understand certain things you might have to like do as far as your classwork, but the experience of college you wasn't ready for. But when you got it, you know, you kind of went in, you did whatever you had to do and you survived that. Mm. Many have survived the college experience. You know, there's many different ex uh, examples that you can use of things that you weren't ready for. And it was presented to you, it was in front of you, and you said, hey, I gotta get this done. Let me let me jump in it. I might it might turn out the, for the worse, but you know what? I got through it as long as it doesn't kill me. Think about leadership that way. It's not going to kill you. It's going to build you. It's going to help you grow. It is not going to kill you. Everyone who's listening, step up to a leadership opportunity because it will help you grow. Do not be afraid of being in a leadership role because it is meant for you. If it wasn't meant for you, it wouldn't be presented for you. God put you on this earth for a particular reason, to fulfill a purpose. The opportunity came your way. Take that opportunity, grow from it, learn from it. If it wasn't for you, you wouldn't have gotten it. Take it, take it, take it, take lead. That's all I can say regarding that to the podcasters. <laughs> Do you think uh, that was a that was a lot, y'all? That was uh, whoa. Do you think preparation is needed, though, especially in our community, in our society, for our, our Black, brown uh, boys and girls? Do you think that more preparation is needed uh, to prepare them to be leaders in, in their society? Because uh, uh, the program that I run, it's called Leaders of Tomorrow. They are going to be the ones that are going to grow up to be the leaders of tomorrow. Do you think that we're doing enough to prepare them to be those leaders of tomorrow? Hmm. Can you elaborate what type of programs? Well, what um, well not just necessarily, I, I guess this is a, is a big question. It's a broad question, but when you look at, when you look at society, you look at us, you look, you look at the black, black community is there even with, within the household or within schools is is enough preparation being done to get these um young ones ready to be leaders in in the workplace in their life wherever they're going because they're the ones that is going to take over when we're no longer here that's a very interesting question i think I think things are being done, but I do think more can be done. Okay. I'm not, when I was growing up, there wasn't too many programs of, of developing the youth as leaders. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, there are a lot of programs out there where they can learn how to do certain things, but I think throwing them into like real, life scenario situations may actually be something that will help prepare them. Like, for example, if a program for youth development, entrepreneurial, let's say an entrepreneurial youth development, convince our young leaders to come up with ideas from, for companies 
if more companies like that existed, that they bring them in and help them turn their idea into an entrepreneurial activity and learn how to build teams and lead companies, that would be what we need. That, I think that's what's, I know there's only a few out there, but I think more of that, and then also the support of the parents and the teachers and the schools themselves, like actually have schools incorporate those programs. See, those programs are outside the schools, outside the traditional education system. I think they should be in the schools. Like, cause we, we teach our children how to math, how to do math, how to read, how to write papers. But in the out, once they leave school, they have to learn how to function in the work environment while they're doing the process. But if they get that experience while they're in school, like more career development, more entrepreneurial development in the actual schools, I think that will prepare our youth to be the leaders we need them to be for tomorrow. I, I went to one, I don't know if, I, if I'm over time, I'm over time. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. I went to a, a, a training at, uh, for direct sales or a real estate event one time and they were, we were playing like a cash flow, uh, rich dad, poor dad, cash flow um, game. And it was this little kid there. He's, he couldn't have been like no more than eight years old. And he was beating the adults. And I was, I was, wow, that yes, this is what, to see a child, someone an eight years old, understanding of some kind of investment ideas and actually being able to use that and learn from that and be the leader in this particular group of their team and actually beating, you know, unfortunately, we're beating the adults. It's like, that's the kind of goodness we want to see because more kids like that are going to, or, or in that development type environment is definitely going to do something great. Mm -hmm for our, our society, our, our economy. And, and I don't know, I think the parents were was homeschooling him on certain things. Maybe that's why he knew what he knew, but really do need that in the schools and the parents to support. And then we can have all if possible, but we know that's not possible, right? Cause yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is, this is a topic we're going to have to come back to, guys, because uh, I, I, I really want to dive more deeper into, into leadership, not only in, in, the, in, the, in the Black community and stuff. We see that we have, uh, we see that we have a vice president that is, that is of color. And even in the uh, inauguration, we saw that young lady that did the poem and stuff. A little bit is trickling in, but there is still more to be done and there is stuff that can be done for us to elevate our likeness and elevate our, our brilliance and our intelligence and what we can do and what we can accomplish. And uh, one, we, we can't be satisfied with seeing one or two. We have, to, we have to really push and really make sure that we push our children and, and, and our young adults that's mm -hmm. growing up to know that they are leaders and they can be the, the leaders of tomorrow and they have they have those abilities and those skills that they need to be proud of. So this is definitely a topic that we're gonna have to come back to and discuss. We might have to get a panel on it and, and really. So don't worry, don't worry, listeners. We will bring it back, we'll bring it back. 
before we finish up, I just want to ask uh, one more question. I want to, what are some tips that you can give to, to leaders out there? You might be a seasoned leader or you might be a brand new leader in your leadership role, or you might be not so seasoned, but what are some, what are some tips you can give to, to, to leaders to, to, be, to be effective and to be good leaders? And also for people that are thinking about getting into those leadership roles, what are some steps? What are some things that they can do to prepare them to get to get to that step? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so when it comes to, to the best type of tips um, for leaders is to really take in all their leadership lessons. Keep You can actually keep a, a bit of a journal or some kind of record of, things that you have done, things with, that you have done uh, better than most, or just kind of like build that confidence and build that leadership credibility for yourself. Um, definitely work on several skills that will help you be more effective, more resourceful, more impactful. And I mentioned them before a little bit, but you, as we know, vision, having a clear defined vision, uh, follow through, that makes you credible. Uh, you're seeing projects of completion. You always want to be one who starts and finishes those, those projects. Having creativity, always coming up with fresh ideas. Why? Because those ideas are what helps us continue going, helps the world go around. Innovation, being able to solve problems, not bring problems, but solve problems, right? Education, educating. Uh, being a teacher or a coach, or a coach uh, for those unskilled team members, making sure that their leadership skills are being developed, put their leadership skills before yours. I mean, your, not their skills, but their leadership development before yours. Um, being appreciative for praise, recognizing when things are going great, give them the proper due respect and celebrate celebrate, celebrate your team, celebrate yourself, celebrate the work that's involved, have a party, go out, do a little dance, have a little fun, celebration. And I leave this for the last one, which is actually gonna be the second one I was gonna say, but delegation, delegation. Why? Learning how to pass on responsibilities to your team members. Yes, you are a leader. You are phenomenal. People love you. People want you in their role. They give you a task. They know that you're going to do it. But what you want to make sure that you do is realize you have a team that needs to be supported by you and guided by you. Delegate tasks to your team. Don't try to do everything. <laughs> Don't try to do everything. <laughs> because we have to understand that if you have a, you have your own work as a leader, if, you, if you're not delegating the roles that you're supposed to delegate to other people and that's roles that they're supposed to do, you're taking on their stuff and then now your stuff takes the, back, the, the backbone, takes the back step, right? It's in the background. You complete their job. They look good because their work is completed. But as a leader, you failed in your task because you've been doing everyone else's work and not your own. Delegation is the main, main last to culminate everything 
that is the biggest tip I can give all leaders, remove yourself, pass on a baton, remove yourself from the kitchen, pass on a baton. When your work is done, your work is done, let them do theirs. Don't get involved, don't do it. I can tell you stories on that, but I'm gonna leave that for another, <laughs> another time. But delegation, it seems to be a lot of a big issue for a lot of leaders. You gotta delegate, because if you're not delegating, then you're just doing everything and that doesn't work out for you. It doesn't look good. <laughs> oh my God, this was so awesome. These were great tips. I was writing them down. So for those of you who were not paying attention, I'm just gonna go over some of them quickly again. Some tips for you to be a great leader. If you're thinking about being a leader, if you're already a leader, clear, have a clear defined vision, follow through. Creativity is important. Get fresh ideas, problem solving. You always have to be problem solving when you're a leader. Education, it's always good to, to, to top up on your skills and to get better and appreciation appreciate those that you're leading those that are around you those that are helping you celebrate celebrate those successes those good times delegate which was very important she said to delegate delegate because too as a leader you you can't be wound out and 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 when you're wound out you're no good for anyone so it's important even as a leader to delegate and supervise that that delegation and make sure that everything is going properly and I was making a note here as you was talking about delegate 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 and what came to me was don't be a selfish leader because sometimes we yes. want to be a leader that we want to make all the decisions regardless of if it's right or wrong it's my decision I'm the leader and you have to listen to me but if you have people that are around you that are supposed to be giving you uh, feedback and are supposed to be helping you to be the best leader that you are, then you need to listen to those people. So don't be a selfish leader. Yes, yes. That is, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I love that. I'm taking that one. Oh, you, you can take it, girl. You can take it. You can, <laughs> bo you can borrow it. You can borrow it. <laughs> but I just want to thank you so much, Tanisha, for coming by the Network Hour podcast and giving us some great tips on leadership. This was such a good discussion. We, we're going to have to do it again. So um, listen out for my call when I call you to do it again. Uh, this, was, this was really great. I hope our listeners learned a lot today. And leadership is such a big topic. We can touch on it on so many different levels. So guys, this is not the last time we're going to be bringing this to you. We're going to be talking about it again because leadership is so important. And I want to thank you, Tanisha, for coming by and imparting your wisdom onto us. This was so great. Uh, tell, tell the people how they can get in contact with you. Thank you so much for having me, Molly Crease. I really enjoyed being here today and imparting this knowledge on leadership and the importance of being an effective leader in certain skills and tips. Uh, the listeners, they can reach me, connect me on LinkedIn. Um, it's my, my full name, the way it's written. And just show me a connection and I will definitely connect. And never fear, I will be putting her LinkedIn connection in the podcast notes. So you would be able to see it there. You can copy it and you can definitely connect with her. 
and she would be a good a valuable connection for you to have so I really encourage you uh, to connect with her and connect with me as well on LinkedIn it's Molly Crease and you can connect with me as well you can follow all that we do and be able to see all the videos and stuff and we are so happy that you um, came by today and and to our listeners thank you for listening and please feel free to share this video to like it download it send it to a friend send it to someone who you know that it's definitely going to help and before I leave uh, I always leave with a quote I have to give you a quote and this is from our brother father whatever you want to call him from our King, Martin Luther King Jr. And the quote is, a genuine leader is not a searcher for consensus, but a molder of consensus. That is, woo! Wow. That is, that, <laughs> that wow. is, that's, that's a big one right there. So take that in guys, it's the weekend. You have enough time to take that in, let it soak into your spirit, let it breathe life into you. And until until the next time, this has been another episode of the Network Hour podcast. We so enjoy bringing these valuable topics and these valuable information to you. So tell a friend about us, come by, listen to the rest of our episodes. Until next time, see you and enjoy your weekend. Bye, everyone. Bye.